Good morning. Today is June the 10th, Friday, and I'm Weemala, and I'd like to sit with you. We can practice together, just being aware of spaciousness and allowing ourselves that awareness of the body. And then I'm going to read from the uh, biography on Deepama. It's a rather recent one, The Life and Legacy of a Buddhist Master by Amy Schmidt. And I'm not going to read the whole book, but the, at the end of the book, the last chapters, there's a chapter called Ten Lessons to Live By, where she has kind of put together her ten things that are important in her were important in her journey. And then there's some Q&A that might be interesting to read. But... Uh, let's sit first and just let the mind get relaxed. Sitting in spacious awareness is a lovely way to talk about this sitting practice for today. Where we're just allowing the body to be relaxed, trying to let go of tension and stress and uh, stories, just let go of all the stories in your head. We always have stories. Let go of things that are pulling you, pulling at you, and just allow yourself to relax and while staying awake. Instead of go, going back to bed and pulling the covers up, we can learn to meditate and be fully awake and have some of the relaxation that we're seeking, but also the peace. So roll your shoulders back. Let your let yourself feel that you're getting a good breath of air just with your natural breath. But if you're tense or if you've come, you've been busy and just now making time to sit down, uh, you might want to start with a few deep breaths in and out, really deep. And you can close your eyes to let some of the visual distraction not be uh, making it more easy, more easily. Uh, time to become distracted by something you see. We have enough distractions just with our mind and our other sense doors. So uh, when we meditate, if we can, it's in our tradition, we close our eyes. It just, but you don't have to do that. So just let the breath be your focus and just be aware of the breath. Notice how your body breathes for you. And feel your body gradually relaxing into just being with the breath. 
For right now, you can just let go of things you're worried about or being pulled to. Those chores that feel really important to to go and do right now when you have a chance to sit. That's pretty common. Be aware of your body. First of all, be be aware of how your body feels just sitting or if you're on your back lying down. Or if you're standing, see if you can just let the body be more comfortable, a little more relaxed. And then we're going to be aware of what's going on in our body. There may be There may be something in the environment, maybe a sound we hear, or something that creates uh, something that begins to arise up within us. Maybe Maybe we feel irritated at the noise. And we might start to feel in our body kind of a tightness. We can see how our body's reacting to those everything coming in through the senses. We'll notice some things we really like, maybe the aroma of something delicious cooking, or it might be a sound of birds. It's really beautiful and nice. Or loud lawnmower sounds or traffic. that They're sounds, but not so pleasant to us. Just begin to notice how your body reacts to those different things coming in through your sense doors. Can we let go of some of that and just be aware there's sound but not have to attach it to something that we like or dislike? A smell may be pleasant or it may be unpleasant. You may notice someone else's uh, fragrance. Might be a perfume or something that uh, you you don't like the smell of, or it may be very nice. See if you can feel what that does to your body. To always be either moving towards something or moving away from something. We, we have thoughts arising. They might be pleasant thoughts. They might be painful thoughts. See if you can just let the thought, let it go. Be aware that it's a thought, but don't get tangled up in the story. Don't feed that thought with your attention. And if you do get distracted, 
when you notice you're distracted and you're not watching your breath, just come back to the breath. Just start over. This is how we learn to work with our mind and work with our body. To help us bring peace and more more awareness and more peace, more contentment. The going back and forth between pleasant and unpleasant, uh, comforting and uncomfortable, all of that is a kind of agitation And it's not calm, it's not relaxed. Just keep staying with yourself. Let this be your time. Breathe in contentment. Breathe out peace. Be aware of your breath, either just around your nostrils as you breathe in and breathe out. You'll notice a subtle, very subtle feeling. Or you can just be aware of the belly rising. When you inhale and contracting, when you exhale, choose one of those spots and just let your mind mentally rest at that spot where you feel your breath. And just keep letting go.
and just let things be. Breathe in contentment and breathe out peace. Everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of all living beings. By making the best choices in our speech, our actions, and our thoughts, we become a refuge not only for ourselves, but for all others especially those near to us. So, thank you. And now why don't we read, if you want to just continue to be in your meditation posture, you may want to just keep your eyes closed and um, relax, but we'll read and I'd like to, I'll very quickly go over, I won't read the descriptions, but we're reading just of the 10 lessons to live by from Deepa Ma. 
who was a, an awakened an awakened being and she lived uh, in India most of her life she learned went uh, found her teachers in Burma and then came back to live and raise her daughter uh, in India in Calcutta and was a, was a lay person but uh, many people think that she definitely was awakened she was an enlightened human and uh, this is a wonderful book Deepa Ma the life and legacy of a Buddhist master by Amy Schmidt and lots of stories about Deepa Ma and pictures of her and uh, stories how she had an effect on other people so her 10 lessons to live by We've read five yesterday, and I'd like to see it. Hopefully we can uh, read the second five, but I'll just give you, if you weren't here yesterday, I'll just tell you in the in just like lesson one, choose one meditation practice and stick with it. Stay with one, if you want to progress in meditation, stay with one technique. Um if you have a problem in your meditation, don't assume you just need to find another, you know, shop around for one that's easier or, uh, you know, that you just prefer. If you find one that you feel good about, stay with it. Lesson two, meditate every day. Practice now. Don't think you will do, you do, don't think you will do more later. Lesson three, any situation is workable. Each of us has enormous power. It can be used to help ourselves and help others. Lesson four, practice patience. Patience is one of the most important virtues for developing mindfulness and concentration. And lesson five, free your mind. Your mind is all stories. Um, Jack Cornfield was one of her students along with Joseph Goldstein and uh, Sharon Salzberg. And then they came back from America and began the Insight Meditation Society. And she was a big influence for all three of them. Um, Jack Cornfield asked her innocently, what is it like in your mind? She smiled, closed her eyes and said, in my mind there are three things. Concentration, loving-kindness, and peace. And now let's start on uh, Lesson 6. Cool the fires of emotions. Anger is a fire. When someone came to visit Deepama, it didn't matter who it was or what emotional state they were embroiled in or what the circumstances were. She treated each person with complete, compassionate acceptance. Can we offer the same acceptance to the emotions that arise in us? Can we see our emotional states as visitors to be treated with kindness? Can we simply allow anger and other emotions to arise and pass away 
without reacting in ways that might be harmful. A lot of incidents happen in daily life which are understandable, Deepama said. Sometimes I experience some irritation, but my mind remains cool. Irritation comes and passes. My mind isn't disturbed by this. Anger is a fire, but I don't feel any heat. It comes and it dies right out. Deepama's example is inspiring, but aren't there certain occasions when anger might be appropriate? Aren't there at least some situations when it's justified? For Deepama, the answer was simple. No, anger is never justified. And she found ways to navigate through life without it. But she does, remember, she does say it. she has irritation. Even This is after she's... I think, uh, awakened. She has irritation, but the mind remains cool. The, the irritation comes and passes. So she's, she's able to f- sense that irritation and then let it pass. She found ways to navigate through life without it. Sylvia Borstein, who hosted Deepama in her California home in 1980, said that her husband once challenged Deepama on this point. Deepama was talking about the importance of maintaining tranquility and equanimity and non-anger. And my husband asked her, could you do that? What if someone were in some way to jeopardize your grandson Rishi, to threaten him? I would stop him, of course, Deepama replied, but without anger. That's so important. That's a great question because we're often asked, well, wouldn't you defend yourself? Wouldn't you defend your family? And her answer is perfect. I would, of course, but without anger. Lesson seven, have fun along the way. I am quite happy. If you come to meditate, you will also be happy. Jack Engler asked Deepama about the place of fun in Buddhist practice. This all sounds very gray, he said. Getting rid of the passion, getting rid of anger, getting rid of desire. It seems like a kind of gray existence. Where's the juice? Oh, you don't understand, Deepama burst out laughing. There is so much sameness in ordinary life. We are always experiencing everything through the same set of lenses. Once greed, hatred, and delusion are gone, you see everything fresh and new all the time. Every moment is is new. Life was dull before. Now every day, every moment is full of taste and zest. Eric Kolvig remembers a group interview in which Deepama's playfulness was expressed in an unforgettable image. Deepama's grandson became upset about something in the kitchen. He let the world know about it in the willful way that is common in two-year-olds and dictators. She called him to the couch, where she laid him face down across her lap and comforted him by stroking his back and patting his tush, an age-appropriate blessing. A blue and yellow plastic dump truck toy dump truck lay beside him. 
With the profound serenity that never left her, Deepa Ma picked up the toy, placed it upside down on her head, and continued with the Dhamma point she was making. She kept it on for the rest of the interview. This is how I will always remember her, patting the butt of the pacified child on her lap and discoursing on the Dhamma with a blue and yellow dump truck on her head. Deepa Ma was a great spiritual warrior, the greatest I have known. On her head, the toy truck became the warrior's noble helmet. I say that only half in jest. And there's actually even a picture of her with the dump truck on her head. It does look like a warrior's hat. Half that was have fun along the way. That's an important one. Lesson eight, simplify. Live simply. A very simple life is good for everything. Too much luxury is a hindrance to practice. Even though Deepa Ma and her family lived, and that's her daughter and her daughter's son, and then I think later her, maybe the daughter's father-in-law lived near them. Even though Deepa Ma and her family lived in two tiny rooms, most visitors perceive those rooms as spacious and filled with light. One student observed that while we were we in the West think we need a lot of physical space, what Deepa Ma had was a vast psychic space. In every way, Deepa Ma lived in the greatest simplicity. She refrained from socializing. She did not engage in unnecessary talk. She didn't involve herself in other people's concerns, especially complaints. Her guideline for herself and her students was to live honestly and never blame others. Often Deepa Ma simply rested in silence. Whenever I get time alone, I always turn my mind inward, she said. She did not spend time at any activity that was unnecessary to her life. Just as in meditation we practice giving our full attention to one thing at a time, Deepa Ma did each thing completely without worrying about the, re- the next. Thoughts of the past and future, she said, spoil your time. And whatever she did, she was fully present with ease, stillness, and simplicity. We have just two more to read. I think we can make it. Deepa Ma encouraged her American students to simplify their material needs. In entering, entering one household, she exclaimed, Why so many things? Why so many pair of shoe, pairs of shoes? Why ten boxes of tea? Why? The accumulation of things only increases the want. You will not find any pleasure in plenty. Very straight on, isn't it? Lesson nine, cultivate the spirit of blessing. If you bless those around you, this will inspire you to be attentive in every moment. Deepa Ma made of her life one continuous blessing. She offered blessings to all. She blessed people from head to toe, blowing on them, chanting over them, stroking their hair. 
Deepa Ma invited a student who was an airline pilot to send loving kindness and blessings to his passengers and his colleagues while he was flying the plane. She said it would take him, make him more alert and make everyone happy as well. It's a good idea. Her blessings were not reserved exclusively for people. Before boarding an airplane, she would bestow a blessing upon it. Riding in a car was an opportunity to offer a blessing, not only to the vehicle, but also to the driver and to the men who pumped the gas. In one of her very first teachings in America, Deepa Ma said, Meditation is love. Her spirit of blessing throughout the day was a living example of this teaching. She reminds us that true meditation is about how we care for ourselves and the world, and that ultimately meditation is the continual movement of love, which, similar to one of Deepama's blessings, encompasses nothing less than everyone and everything. And she's telling her students, you don't have to be awakened, you don't have to be uh, ordained or monastic or have special uh, special uh, teachings. You can bless those around you. This will inspire you to be attentive in every moment. And those blessings are just coming from ourselves. All blessings are. So... The, the blessings we receive from others or blessing bracelet, like we call this uh, mindfulness bracelet, that just, these are things that people can do for each other because we're just encouraging ourselves to create the blessings for ourselves by the way we live, the way we act, and the way we think. So when we, we bless ourselves, we can bless others. Lesson 10, it's a circular journey. Meditation integrates the whole person. Buddhists speak metaphorically of leaving the world and coming back to the world. But in truth, there is neither leaving the world nor returning to it. We can't leave or return to our essence, to the rock-bottom truth of our being, because it is and has always been right here hidden only by a thin film of ignorance. You don't discover it, rather you allow it to come forth, to emerge from the cloud of unknowing that surrounds you. Seeing into your true nature means realizing that you are inextricably bound to everyone and everything that lives, that you are indeed responsible for all that takes place in the world. The beauty of the spiritual journey is that the path invariably takes us back around to our point of departure. When Deepa Ma suffered her childlessness, her husband wisely suggested that she adopt everyone as her own child. But in those difficult days before she encountered the teachings that would transform her life, she was lost in sadness for what she lacked trying to fill a hole. By the end of her life, though, Deepa Ma had indeed become a mother to all. In place of that hole that needed to be filled, there simply was a heart open to all. Aren't those beautiful? That one was Lesson 10. It's a circular journey. 
meditation integrates the whole person. So it's beautiful. Um, That's it for today, and I will see you Sunday. And remember, Sunday morning is also Dhammapada class on Zoom. So this is this is the book. I know it's backwards, but this is a picture of Deepa Ma. I think when she was visiting at Bari and Bari Bari Center in uh, Massachusetts. So thank you everyone for being an important part of my practice and for, uh, oh, oh, there's, okay, there is an e, you can get an e-book and uh, Eve is putting it up. Okay, good. I'll also uh, write that and post it when I post this talk to the Blue Lotus page now. I will uh, make sure Eva's resource is uh, up on that. So thank you. Thanks, everyone. Have a beautiful day.